everyone to another episode of Out of Character with Jupiter Sanders and with Cotton and special guest Bamson Ozer. Tonight, we're going to talk about betrayals. Indeed. I know, I know our guests have, have, have opinions, but I kind of want to kind of break it down because to me, betrayals are two separate groups. And let me know if you guys disagree, because I'm sure one of you will. There are betrayals done by GMs via an NPC, and there are betrayals done by players to other players or to the group as a whole. I would add a third one in there. There's a third one? What's the third one? Well, you've, you've already handled uh, GM versus PC, PC mm-hmm. versus PC, and I will also say PC versus GM <gasps> when your shits of a team decide that they're <laughs> going to betray the quest NPC that's giving them all the money because they possibly cannot be doing anything on the level. No, they, there has oh. to be nefarious deeds, so they're going to nefarious first and get the drop on them. That's probably the most common. I was thinking that you know, especially if you have as as uh, as as Oz stated, you know, the uh, the party of uh, shitids who <laughs> will screw over everyone they can to to make a buck. So yeah, that that's that's the the triangle of betrayal. Allow know? me to put the <laughs> eye in the middle of your triangle of betrayal and say the betrayal of oneself. Mm. <laughs> nice. Wow, we 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 made it 35 seconds before we're done. We're I mean, we, we've, we've, done, we've nailed we're it. Done. We're done. This is, we're, this is the, the, the betrayal. <laughs> eye. Yes, it's <laughs> the eye in the middle of the pyramid. Well played. Right, so and, it, and it looks inward. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about the first one: the GM betrayal via an NPC of the players. I have heard lots of stories from players. That especially Shadowrun, that the J always betrays you, always there's a double cross. And I hear it so much that I think this is probably overused by GMs, so much so that they have created, inadvertently or on purpose, a sense of mistrust amongst the players for any table they sit at, they always assume the J will betray them. Yeah, but which is when you shouldn't. You should always, the, the whole point of a betrayal, in a, or a good betrayal in a narrative sense, is that it's unexpected. If they're if you're expected to be screwed and then they screw you, it's you know it's a problem. It's not particularly interesting to solve. You know, and it's boring. It's boring if it's, if what you expect to happen always happens. So it should be a a big deal to, to, for a betrayal to occur. I think so. What do you what do you two think? Oh boy, I have many feels on this subject. So. We as GMs have the unique perspective where we can read the minds of our players because they're going to talk about things because they can't read each other's minds. Maybe we're like, hey, what about this? And we're like, oh, that's a good idea. And then the other one will be like, oh, well, what about this? And they'll talk back and forth. And if you have a betrayal planned, you should have foreshadowing and clues littered about so that one of your players sounds like, I don't know, that's kind of suspicious or something along those lines to, to, so that you, in reading their minds as they converse about things, know that they have a clue that something is coming around. Because at any moment, I could surprise 10 guys in full military gear or full plate armor and wizards and stuff jump out of a closet and, haha, gotcha. That's not fun or interesting because it doesn't make any narrative sense. It doesn't fit with the the things that have been happening. But when the guy that's been twirling his mustache, you know, poisons your wine at dinner, 
Like, I knew I couldn't trust him even after their character has already drank the wine. And that feels cool. I don't know. I don't feel like you have to foreshadow it. I mean, it's a good thing to do. But, I mean, I, you don't want to do the cheap thing of... of I guess I'm saying a betrayal that's not foreshadowed is not one that's necessarily cheap in the ten guys pop out of a closet with rocket launchers and, you know, like flamethrowers or something. You don't have to do that. You could just have it to where... You know the the NPC betrays the players. It's a screw job. You find out about it. You're not completely dead to rights, but you find out that you've been betrayed by an NPC that you had some affection for. Which is why I think that that's the important thing to me is not necessarily foreshadowing, but that it it hurts. It should hurt. It should suck. <laughs> you know, you 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 trusted this guy. You liked this person. You know, she was an ally to your party, or he was like your your you know fatherly figure at the end, and he sold you out. That's all, that that's what I that's where I'm. That, I guess that's what pulls me. That's what I think is the most interesting type of betrayal. Not necessarily it's foreshadowed, but not a low level, unexpected, or low stakes one. I'm loving this. I'm absolutely loving this. Uh, <laughs> We're just talking about GMs doing betrayals against the yes. table. Okay. So, so when you said that. You know, you've heard players run into this all the time, especially at Shadowrun tables, which is, it's fairly tropey to have, you know, the the Johnson's betrayal. I don't think I've ever had a Johnson betray the party because there's, there's no point. Uh, I know this has been said in several discussions, but the, the Johnson is hiring this team to perform a service for, uh, and they want a deniable asset for it. So to betray that deniable asset, one, takes assets out of the pool. This is bad. Two, it sends a message to other deniable assets that you are not to be trusted. This is also bad. And then finally, if you fuck it up and they survive, now you've got a team of uh, people with a particular set of skills who are going to take it out on you. So from that sense, there's really, really no reason to do any kind of betrayal like that. Now... Having said that, we exist in a world where GMs will go for the trope and they will be terrible, and it does feel like a screw job. Like it's not fun as a player to be sitting at a table. You've busted out with this awesome, awesome strategy that that nets you the MacGuffin, and then the the walls pop up, and here come the ten guys in military armor, and you're like, "What the fuck? I just died in a hail of gunfire." why the fuck am I playing this game? Okay, so what I've heard is Bamps feels it should be foreshadowed. It, it it shouldn't come out of left field out of nowhere. Cotton would like it to not only be a knife in the back, but a knife in the heart. And you think that it's maybe just a, a little overused of a trope that really has, especially in Shadowrun, really no benefit. Like, it, it's overused. It, it shouldn't be used. And I agree with, I think I kind of agree with with all of you. I, I don't I, I really do feel it should be foreshadowed in some way. There should always be three hints to drop. If it comes out of nowhere, it feels like a gotcha. And nobody likes mm-hmm. a gotcha. You don't want it to be a low stakes betrayal. You do want it to kind of cause like some pain in your table and your PCs, but I, I don't think it should be traumatic. Like, you know, <laughs> let's not really like wasn't their mother, you know. And and I think it, it is overused. I and I think I think a lot of GMs use the betrayal as salt. When it should be used like saffron, if that makes sense to any of our chefs listening. It absolutely does. All I have is an excess of salt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, too. 
on the foreshadowing thing, I don't know. Like, do you? And this, this that's the one thing I ought to push back on. That I think is interesting. That wow. uh, because why do you necessarily? It's it, it's great to have. I'm with you. Let's have it. You know, but I don't feel like it's necessary to 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 have that. I just don't think you. I mean, it, it wouldn't feel cheap. Like if you you get to the MacGuffin and you find out that. You know, some key NPC who's been a mentor to you, your party, and you love this person, and they're great, but, you know, unbeknownst to you, they've been blackmailed by the big bad. The big bad sort of like, you know, did an end run around you because you're a problem, and mm-hmm. got to this guy and put the screws to him, and therefore there's this, you know, a bomb that will explode in five minutes at the, the who's and the what's where you're supposed to get this MacGuffin. It's a fake run or something. Mm-hmm. You can solve the problem. But the and, and you got betrayed and you're hurt and you may even like I, I would have made the party feel bad about being angry at the guy, like they because you know, really didn't you expose this person to this danger in the first place? Possibly by being affiliated with you, they were a target when they otherwise would not have been, and that now the life of themselves and their family is threatened. Have you ever That's watched a movie where you're like going along and you're like good with everything, and then all of a sudden it takes this plot turn? And you have no idea how we ended up on this road now. Like it came out of nowhere, and you just sit there, kind of confused. I love that. Maybe that's maybe maybe that's the difference. Uh, Yes, because I sit here going, "How did I get here? (laughs) What happened? Like there was no, there were no signs telling me this exit was coming, and all of a sudden I'm on it." Yes, it's a wonderful feeling. <laughs> really? Okay. Yes, that's why I love the movie Chappie. The movie Chappie is an okay movie, but the reason I oh. love it is because it doesn't do anything that I expect it to. <laughs> at no, huh. at every, every every point in that movie, the movie is giving standard movie signals, like foreshadowing of A, B, and C. And I, and I a person who has seen the movie or three, recognized those symbols. And then it violated all of those norms. At no point did it do anything I expected it to do. Now, if I had never seen the quote-unquote standard story of a movie, that would have been a better movie. But because it was doing all this weird second-order shit, it was so exciting because I, I didn't know what would happen. I found that to be inter- – I find that as a narrative structure to be interesting. Not necessarily the best option, but the option that was most unexpected. So that's – I like surprises. Maybe that's – you know, your mileage Let may vary. Let me push back on your, your contact that all of a sudden has his family getting threatened or whatever. Don't you think if this was a long-time friendly NPC that you'd have been interacting with and doing things with, and then all of a sudden their family is being held hostage, they would start acting a little differently? All right. Almost as if they're out of sorts, as it were. Okay, so it's a very light – something's wrong, but the PCs, the actual players – I'll say this, not the PCs, the players exactly. might know something's up, you, but not what. Because pulling a okay a fast one on – the players is very easy, but pulling a fast one on the characters is a little bit more difficult. Okay, I'm like I'm 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 picking up what you're putting down. So in this case, the uh, the friendly bar owner's family's been kidnapped, and they're being held for ransom or not ransom, but to have leverage. And uh, the the players interact with this person. He seems freaked out or a little a little off, a little nervous, you know. So it's something to set it up. So he's nervous or he's twitchy or he just seems kind of out of sorts. And the of course the PCs. And the players picking up on this will say something, but but the, it's a little bit of a foreshadowing, but not necessarily for anything in particular. So while there is something to set it up, you're saying there's a yeah. you know a, a a left side of the equation to balance the right. But when friendly NPC is acting a little squirrely and he's like, "Hey, I need you guys to do me a favor," and that favor is not something that he would normally ask you to do. 
like you know take something someplace that's a box you're not supposed to look in or you know he uh, drops his voice looks around real shady and tells you that you guys got to leave and you got to lay low you can't can't stay here you know now that somebody's after you and you know you know something is up okay i I like that i guess i just didn't want the the surprise spoiled or something like where it's super for like the 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 person who gives the job or the quest giver is like you know twirling their mustache and being super shady and it's like oh this guy's gonna sleep from betrayal yeah it's not a it's not a cue card being held up that says betrayal coming in three two one all right it's, it's a it's a subtle he's acting a little different and your 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 pcs may go eh, no big deal or maybe the guy lies to him and they're like all right whatever and then the next time something you know, they interact with them something else is said or done that's just a little left of center not like huge clues but just small things just so they know something's up they pay attention would you set this up with prior aspects of this character being i mean it, i mean in, that, in this example you know the the tavern keeper is a little nervous or seems a little uh bereft today because that's if that comes out of nowhere it feels like a big red flag as opposed to every time you have a session like uh, oh well he's a little sad today because you know he's he's got uh, you know his his son moved away or you know if if every time you gave some sort of insight into this guy's emotional state and then on you know session five it's he seems a little nervous it's still a red flag it's still a foreshadow but I don't feel like it's as obvious as the first time you've ever narrated anything to do with this character's emotional state. Well, that brings us to the whole other side of this of pulling off a betrayal. How many times have you seen The Sixth Sense? (laughs) (laughs) Once, and it was enough. Yeah, once is enough. It's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. The the reason I bring that up is is when the twist happens that everybody knows by now, you know, it blows your mind at the the time. But when you go back, and if you ever look at the movie a second time, which apparently nobody did, you'll notice a couple of things that put clues maybe subconsciously in your mind which is how you pull off these portrayals wells. You layer these clues, like how in The Sixth Sense he was wearing the same clothes every day, all the time. Or how he didn't talk to anybody. We had a, There was one scene in particular I remember where he was sitting in the room with the mother, and they were both kind of sitting there, and then the kid comes in. We assumed that they were having a conversation previously about the kid, but they weren't, because he was dead. And it's... Mm-hmm way to ruin it for anybody who hadn't seen it well i mean it's been you know 23 <laughs> years so. all right but here's the thing here's <laughs> here's my point now the first time the first m night Shyamalan movie you see the sixth sense you see the twist you're like oh that was great that's wonderful didn't see it coming fantastic but if he's my gm and the next time i play a game with him there's another twist guess what this is the guy that's always going to do twists. he's always going to do the same thing and that's that's what I mean by being successful. If you become the GM and what that always his, does the twist. And what happened to his movie career? Everybody sees it. Exactly. Exactly. Don't be that don't be an M Night Shyamalan as a GM, basically. So it's a it's a so you're saying it's a one trick. You got you you, you don't get to do this one very often. <laughs> it's not done all the time. It is done very sparingly. Go ahead, Austin. Uh, I was going to say, I'm fine being M. Night Shyamalan until I make my millions of dollars. Then, yeah, I'll put that tool (laughs) back into the toy box and I'll never touch it again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
but I, I just think it's overused and I think players just are waiting because I, I deal with, I, you know, I've heard people that just say all the time the J betrays you. When I run a Shadowrun game, I've never had a J betray anyone. Every player that sat at my table is waiting for it and expecting it because it always happens. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It shouldn't always happen. How are they still a J hiring people if all they do is betray their people? Right, so I, 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 I want to <laughs> take a moment since we're on the GM versus player betrayal. Not Can I just versus. help everyone? Not first. Well, targeted. How about that? Is it... <laughs> wow, that's even worse, but okay, <laughs> the, go ahead. The targeted betrayal. <laughs> uh, this is my personal plea for other GMs out there from the from, from from Cotton. Please do not make the mayor or governor of the town the bad guy, even though I totally did it in my own game. It's so overdone. Every time hi, I'm governmental authority. I don't know what it is about D and D players, if there's like a certain oh <laughs> we all we all hate authority. They hate them. If it's a, it's a politician, they automatically mistrust them. And and GMs will serve it up like red mm-hmm. meat. It's hi, mm-hmm. I'm a politician and I'm here to help. Well, this guy's clearly evil, and they always are. Every politician is always a corrupt, backstabbing, uh, has no morals. Like, like, stop doing that. That's not. Tr- I realize that your personal cynicism, fellow <laughs> GMs out there, may have pervaded your own soul, or that you're young and you feel like, like you know, don't trust anyone over thirty, man. You know, as you you know hit the bong, but that's not reality. And <laughs> it's a little tired. Thus, thus ends my TED talk. <laughs> so okay. Anybody else have any final final thoughts on the GM doing a betrayal against the players via an NPC? No, I are think we for it or are we against it? Uh, I I think the the consensus is do it sparingly, build up to it, be subtle, and if you can't do those three things, then don't do it. I have mm. Two mm-hmm. asterisks. Mm-hmm. One. Okay. Don't be afraid to pull the ripcord. If it looks like the players are like 100% trusting the guy and you get the feeling that this betrayal that you have planned is going to go poorly and piss off a lot of people, pull the ripcord, don't do it. Secondarily, Mm -hmm. don't be Mm -hmm. afraid to retcon. If the surprise goes poorly and everybody else gets really mad, don't be afraid to walk it back. Really? Really? What? what an interesting <laughs> take. No, 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 I know where you're going, and I'm going to say no right now. No, no. That was not a GM versus table betrayal. No. Let me sharpen my knives. Don't be afraid. You can just walk it back. You can just. Whoa. All right, all right. Let's get control of this now. Okay. Now. So that was the first one. As you said, there was a third one where the players betray the the gm's npc and it is uh, i guess it would be the other side of that coin where you have the the npc who's slowly going or overtly going snidely whiplash and finally just twists the knife at the right moment you also have a table that is potentially just going to absolutely ruin uh ruin the npc and they're sitting there making the plans about it or maybe they're making the plans without you uh, and the uh the completely 100 percent trusting npc is is doing all these things for them everything's wrapped up in a neat bow look at all this cool shit we've done this is fantastic and then one of your players pulls out his nine millimeter and just you know puts one in the guy's dome and there you go which is i think less than entertaining for the gm 
but you know what? As a GM, if my table came together and did that as a group and it was a team building experience, I'm okay. All right. Maybe, you know, I love that GM. How I love that NPC. How dare they kill them in front of me? But all right, whatever. If they want to kill that NPC, go ahead. As, as you highlighted, Oz, in the, in the previous section, betrayals have a cost. You know, you're, you're the asshole now. If, you, if you're going to betray uh, anyone, <laughs> you kind of have to get the win on that. It's a one trick. It's a one, one shot deal. So uh, if you're, you know, it needs to lead to permanent success, which PCs, unless they're ending their campaign, are not going to be having. So if the PCs betray a guy, they shoot him in the face. The GM should 100% bring down consequences, not out of spite, but because betrayal in every world that I'm aware of has a devastating impact on a person's reputation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't think the GM should, like, if a GM, some GMs get attached to their NPCs. I know I do. And if a table decides to just kill my lovely NPC who was doing nothing but helping them, and they just outright just killed them for no reason or, or in a betrayal, whatever. I don't like I I don't think the GM should become vindictive and go, well, I'm gonna, you know, bring down the law of the land. I'm gonna like just pummel you with consequence. I I, it, I think it's very easy to slip down that slope of of being vindictive and coming back at the players. So you have to really like I think rein it back and go, look, your table came together to do something. Yes, there should be a consequence, but it should be tempered, not not an overreaction. What do you guys think? As as somebody who will happily watch the table come together to try to do something, uh, I agree with the don't overreact bit. Uh, I have the uh, unfortunate honor of of watching a team try to come together to to betray somebody who is perfectly trusting and then be so ham-fisted about it now I'm like okay they've clearly telegraphed their intentions not only to the person they're going to betray but to every state county and federal prosecutor uh in the nation because you don't go on tv and announce this shit but now if i'm going to take steps against them this is going to seem like overreacting and that's also why I don't like betrayals in general, because once you start getting to the point where you start escalating these consequences, like I think most of the examples I sit here and think about, this is kind of game-ending stuff, because that's when the mistrust becomes very overt, and you know, everybody's reputation is ruined. It's like, well, nobody wants to run you, nobody wants to give you jobs, nobody wants to take jobs from you, and I, I kind of feel like that just kind of bleeds over and now the table's like this this is boring this sucks i don't want to do this now i, I think you can figure something out i think that it's it's i, I agree don't be vindictive jupiter I'm, I'm with you on the on the don't bring in your personal bullshit and attempt to have vindictiveness power your thoughts but there's a difference between vindictiveness and a reckoning <laughs> with, with, <laughs> with justice but as the gm you're godlike you have ultimate power so you you don't want to wield that too heavy-handed. I hear you. I feel like you could. Fi- I hear like, you, but I'm you still going to lay it down on them. Okay. okay. So like <laughs> if, if you if you have, if your PC is like, okay, we approach the the enemy bandit camp, and we're gonna and, and like the first guy's like, well, let's just kill all of them. They're bandits and they're a bunch of assholes. You're like, well, well, pump brakes there, slick. Uh, there's like 500 of them. Mm-hmm. At that moment, you're informing your players. Like that guy made a, made a declaration. Let's go kill them. And you're like, God, are you sure you want to do that? In the guy in the guy Gaxian tone of voice the same thing with betrayal 
if you do this, this will have consequences. And then mm-hmm. you give them the chance to walk it back. And if they burn that bridge, it doesn't mean necessarily the campaign's over. It just means the campaign has to move. <laughs> you have to go. You have to blow this town. And, you know, you're, it's, it's like burn notice. You know, you, re, you set up somewhere else. You have a whole new campaign. But <laughs> that's, that's what's great about the era. In D&D, for example, or Shadowrun, you have to – if it's Shadowrun, yeah, it's a little harder. you got to, like, totally make up a whole new persona. You know, maybe get facial surgery. Who knows? <laughs> so, so Oz, you've said something interesting. You're not for betrayals at all, either way, any of the ways, even betrayal of self. I I do indeed prefer to remain true to myself, but I will <laughs> temper this because uh, there is one type of betrayal that I will accept, and it is very specific. It's very niche. It is only within the alien cinematic RPG system. Yes. Well, and I guess Call of Cthulhu, because that's a part of the shtick, you know? But that is that is the time when I will say, you know, not only is betrayal accepted, but it is it, it's expected. It it's is mandated. It's mandated within within the system rule set. Yeah. Somebody's gonna get betrayed. Mm-hmm. And the way that happens is is organic. It's part of, part of the prompt when you start. It's like, okay, you're a bunch of space truckers. Jack and Jill are friends, but Jack hates Ruby and Ruby hates Jill. And, you know, Clive over here works for the corporation and he's an asshole. Nobody likes him. And the pilot is a secret robot that nobody knows about. So you have all these people together that are they're fine on the surface, but there's stuff bubbling underneath on a slow simmer. And then you throw a xenomorph into it and everything explodes. And it's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've I have been the betrayed in a game and I have been the betrayer. But when I was the betrayer, it was an aliens and it was it was mandated. It was the agenda for my character. I had to go by it. Now, it didn't tell me how to go about doing it, but you find a way. And it's fantastic. But also... The Aliens games are meant to be one-shots. Let's put several asterisks by that term. Uh. Uh, But they're not meant to, you know, like when it's done, it's done. You are starting something else after it. It's not ongoing. So does Aliens recognize that betrayals lead to new campaigns? It does. I think Mm -hmm. Aliens as a system is, it, it pushes the narrative that, a campaign in aliens is not so much about the players but about the setting itself like the the self-contained ones that they that they have and honestly all aliens games are kind of self-contained in a small world because pretty much nobody's walking away at the end of it so it's 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 the players fighting against the inevitability of of their own of their own deaths but in an extended campaign I, as a storyteller, am saying this campaign is not about Jack, Jill, Ruby, and Clive. This is about this colony on KV-1116. And this is the story. It's like RimWorld. It's a story generator. It's the story about this colony and how it encounters its first xenomorph and finally how it succumbs to its eventual destruction. And betrayals play a large part in that all along the way it's it's a tale as old as time in the alien universe so so some systems are set up more likely to be you know pro betrayal like you said call of cthulhu definitely aliens a betrayal um, and house on 
Yeah. It's in the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's in the name. Uh, other systems may, you know, you can do it, but maybe you shouldn't. But now let's add another layer. If I'm doing it for a podcast, like, or oh, also another system that does promote betrayal is also Vampire the Masquerade. There's a lot of intrigue, politics. I do think that also promotes betrayal. But when I'm doing this for a podcast versus I'm with my friendly table game that I have to see every week and they're my friends, those are two very different experiences. I think for a podcast, betrayal's great. It's great entertainment. It's great fodder. It's it's a wonderful, but it has to be done well. Can't come out of nowhere. The GM has to make sure he controls that game and, and the players have to trust each other and, and have to not take it personally and not get upset and cry. And the listeners um, but need I to think, see it coming. Uh-huh. The listeners, they have to see it coming. Otherwise, they're like, how the hell did I get off on this exit? This isn't where I was going. Uh, but for your regular table game where it's your friends, I think you have it to where a betrayal, if you do it, either if you're a GM and you do it all the time, it becomes boring and stale. If you're a player and you're doing it to the other players, you have a lot more issues there. A lot more issues. Oh, now so, we're getting to the meat of it here. The, the player versus player. Betrayal. When you are a, for a podcast versus your friendly table game, those are very different experiences. I think a podcast, you could probably get away with it a little bit more. And also, yes, we are going to get into the meat of it. The player versus player. Now, my opinion, I have been the betrayed. We all know this. I am okay with it. I love to give cotton shit about it, but I am totally okay with what happened. Loved it, thought it was entertaining, and thought it was what she deserved because there was no other way for it to end. I was good with it. But it is PvP, and we had already established early on in the podcast that PvP was okay. If I think, I think that if a table game does not establish PvP as being okay, betrayals shouldn't happen when it's player to player. Yeah, this is definitely one of those, like, you better be right. <laughs> that's how i feel about it there's there's no mm-hmm. it, it, there is no hard and fast rule that i feel like or, or even slow and hard rule whatever it is that that would make sense in the context of you know we we will lay out a list and if you follow this flow chart you will be able to arrive at a conclusion is this portrayal a good idea or not a good idea you have to read the room you have to know your players you have to know the gm don't mess you know this this is a don't fuck up Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, don't, don't you know be beware of the sun oh icarus yes. so I, I wish i had player, better advice talk to your gm if you don't know if you don't know and you want to explore it narratively talk to your gm and say look this is kind of what i'm thinking about and if they like visibly wince that's what we call a hint so uh watch out for that now you've been a betrayer did you talk to the gm prior to your actions or did you just go with it in the moment well no in the we had talked again, as you had very previously stated, <laughs> that, <laughs> that the that the podcast we did, and for everyone who's listening, it was uh, when RC. Uh, should I say what happened? Is that Go a ahead. spoiler? Yeah, RC uh, tragically shoots Mary Sue in the back because she she was crazy and it had to happen. But as a callback to my previous point, that hurt. That sucked for me to do. I hated it. I, I, I tried to ask them, can I walk it back? I felt terrible. That's what you want to get. Like, it should, it should physically hurt. It should make sense. When I playing RC did that, RC that spent the entire 
series just trying to hold everyone together and largely failing <laughs> and trying uh, ineptly was not equipped to, to do that but tried really tried and it culminated in he being the guy who who took her out that was probably the most emotional moment i've ever had in any rpg it just hurt it sucked it felt bad and not a bit of it not a bit of it was because I thought Jupiter would be pissed off at me. I knew that she would not be as a as an actual person mad at me. Just in the storyline, it felt horrible, and I felt trapped. And I think that's the headspace that a good betrayer should be in. You should feel a good betrayer is not like ha, 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 I'm going to be rich. That's I mean, that makes sense. It should be personal. You know, um, Benedict Arnold did not betray the United States because he really wanted that plum job. You know, he was the hero of Ticonderoga. It was because he felt jealous. He felt personally uh, slighted. These are the betrayers. It's not money. It's because it's it's some other reason is twisting the soul of that person, and they make a decision that they otherwise hated. That's what makes for, I think, great narrative betrayals. So that's okay, that's my so, two cents. So here's Bams's two cents, as he's just informed me that R.C. shooting Mary Sue is not a betrayal. Oz, tell me why that statement is correct or incorrect. Uh, that is utterly false, because uh, R.C. shooting Mary Sue was absolutely a betrayal, because it was a direct departure to R.C.'s actions and motivations leading up to that. It wasn't foreshadowed. It wasn't... You know, th there wasn't a buildup. This wasn't an intention, an intentional thing. This was a, this is there's something going on in the back of RC's mind that we're not exactly seeing. But when it comes to the moment, and he has a choice, he makes his choice, and instead of extending the potential of having the team being on the run from, you know, murking a, a, a powerful fixer, he makes the decision to shoot Mary Sue instead and kind of nip that whole thing in the bud and then she's she's left her own devices the the team is is saved although it's broken immediately after but RC had to betray himself betrayal of self mm -hmm. in order to pull that trigger or he was lying to us the entire time he was on that podcast well now wait when <laughs> the, you say the, there the was no foreshadowing there, there was foreshadowing. There was the convert, the intervention in Mary Sue's apartment where everybody was trying to get her to get off of this Morgana train you're on. Everybody tried to talk sense to her and they all said, look, we can't go in with you on this. We just can't. You're on your own. One by one, they just walked away from her. That, I think, is kind of foreshadowing that there is the possibility that they would if go against her. If memory serves, and it has been a hot minute. Mm-hmm. But RC was not rolling with lethal ammunition at that time in that drone. No, he just knocked her unconscious and then delivered her to well, her nemesis. Everybody or was her going perceived with the nemesis. perceived nemesis due to the situation. However, oftentimes in media, <laughs> when one member of a team loses their shit and goes berserk or out of control in some fashion, it is often on another member of that team to, to take them out and bring them back to their senses. So that's why you feel it wasn't a betrayal then. It's not a betrayal. It was just, it was non-lethal. It was just Like stopping in the, the Avengers when Hulk fights Thor. He was trying to stop uh -huh. Hulk from making the situation worse. And the only way he could do that was by getting in front of him. And RC was just 
being Thor and you were being the Hulk. One small quibble with that. You said somebody else has to bring mm-hmm. them back from their craziness. That did not happen. This was this was not smack her around until she until she uh gets gets her senses. No, this is knock her out, tie her up, hand her over to the other person, and wipe our hands and walk away. That is how that podcast ended. Morgana told me that she would be going to a farm and everything would be fine. <laughs> and she would run around with other yeah. club kids. With with Aww. other yeah, with all the other shadow runners. <laughs> and they'd be able to frolic. It was Aww. I think it, it had to happen. Everyone hated uh everyone well, yeah, everyone was pissed off at Mary Sue. Mm-hmm. RC I think was the last one that remotely gave a shit. Like everyone was very much done with Mary Sue's bullshit. And they keep trying they kept trying to tell RC like, I get that you have this history, but she's lost the plot, bro. Mm-hmm. So who else is going to be the one to deliver the final blow? Who else is going to be the one to finally realize they're right? She can't let it go. It's just going to get worse. And it kind of was this sort of, uh, oh, well, what's the Steinbeck book where he like, you know, of mice and men, you know, just, Aww. just, just Is look I at the stars. It? Yeah. Ah. There's another betrayal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to say that abandoning her at the end is the betrayal, then sure, that can be the betrayal. But the actual shooting, I do not think it's a betrayal. Okay. Now, if this mm-hmm. game was not a podcast, which we already knew the podcast was wrapping up, that the Shadowrun portion of it was wrapping up, we were going to go to another system. We already knew that. But we still let things play out naturally, and that kind of just rapidly ended it. If this was a table game, like we're all friends, if we were just getting together, playing a game, not recording it, as the GM Bamps, how would you have handled this? Because it was campaign ending. Was it? No, it was one character. Yeah. You just delivered one PC to to their you know enemy and they got killed at the egg it's it's done it's done what uh, what would i one, just roll up a new character i still got four four players that have diving characters so <laughs> that are happy yeah just have a mountain dew stick back and watch else okay. how they think whether or not you would think that after you know six months a year two years down the road when Marisu gets to learn what it means to be a drake, get a handle on some of her magical powers, perhaps even meet this dragon, work with Morgana, or what happens along the way. Like, do you think that this is a thing that she would come back to, or do you think that do the other would the other four try to make a deal with Morgana, where they take Marisu and they go to another city, and we operate in another city far away from her perceived arch nemesis? Or is this a good ending spot? Have we answered the question that we sat out to mm-hmm. ask in the very beginning? And then ending is normal and moving on to whatever else is next. So you think you could, there were options for you to salvage, not salvage, but you know what I mean, can carry on with the game. It wasn't, you feel it wasn't a game ender, that kind of a betrayal. And we're, we're just going to use betrayal because three out of four of us agree. <laughs> I, I agree with Bamps that the actual shot oh, may not have just, been betrayal. Just now, like you're, no, no. Thank objection. God your defense attorney's here to give you a good plea here. <laughs> I can't believe you. <laughs> oh, wait, no, it wasn't. Word of, word of order. It, it was certainly no. <laughs> a situation that would have required conversation like adults, which 
is something that we had all done before at the table and had all done together individually or together as a group and individually talking with each other at different times. Mm -hmm. To be honest, the, the RC thing did not upset me as much as the very first instance of PVP in the game. And that was Valerie oh. hacking Mary Sue's comlink. That angered me. More. That was a bigger betrayal wow. than being shot by RC. So uh, yeah. it was a mention earlier of PvP while I was occupado. PvP does not start at the rolling of initiative. And that's something that I feel a lot of people out there don't have the, the realization, you know. PvP is many forms. And to me, the, the, like if we're saying it's okay to hack other team members' stuff, well, that's PvP. That that's going against me. That was that was more of a betrayal. And I think I don't want to say that set the tone, but that did make me go, all right, PvP's cool. Okay. That's the table I'm at right now. Okay. I have to expect these things. Oh, I will say there's a difference between in, in getting your uh you know, your your personal data hacked, which is bad. It's PvP. I was that's a little bit different than, you know, shooting them in the face, right? You shot me in the back. What? Well, if we're talking about it's it's a hypothetical statement. It's okay, not okay, a specific. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, just, it's yeah. I'm not um, hung up on it like some people. I'm not. Uh, I, like I said though, honestly, the 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 hacking of the com to me was a worse offense than RC shooting non-lethal rounds and knocking her unconscious. Was there no context for it? And I, I will just rehash it, but for the there was context this, for it. Well, she didn't. She thought Mary Sue was lying, and she wanted to know the truth, and she couldn't just ask her because she didn't believe anything she said. I'm just gonna hack and see. Okay. I get it. I'm not saying it's a smart decision, but I understand it. You know, but that's what I mean. Like you can't have betrayals unless the table's okay with PvP. Right. And if you say there's no PvP at your table, you can never have a betrayal. I think as a GM or as a player. It definitely is, again, like you said, it's like uh, saffron, whatever uh, exotic spice you referenced previously that was not salt. Um, I love that saffron's exotic, exotic too. I also don't like gems in my food. Uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I guess the best rules that I think any of us can say on any betrayal is use it sparingly, use some common sense, read the room, talk to your GM, talk to your players a little bit, see if PvP is remotely acceptable. I mean, you know, don't be a dick. I mean, let's be honest. A lot of these shitty betrayals are, I'm the rogue, and I'm going to, you know, steal the amulet because I'm a shitbag. Well, shitbags face consequences. And I don't, you know, that's not a bad thing. And that's not necessarily, say, a GM being vindictive or the world out to get you. It's just, you know, shitbags because a shitbag. So, for the most part, I feel like most people have the emotional maturity, hopefully, to... Engage in the in in any betrayal, either it happening to them or them participating in it. And if it makes narrative sense, I don't think most people would be super pissy. But again, your mileage may vary. Talk to your fellow players. Bams, what do you think? Oh, you know, it's a it's a hard thing. They just put a blanket thing over because yeah 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 basically yes it'd be complicated. It'd be complicated, but it's one of those things that. You see questions asked online a lot about, like, hey, I am a new GM. How do I do this? And I feel like that's one of those kinds of things. It's a, as in Into the Spider-Verse, is a leap of faith that when you are comfortable enough as a GM to do the things 
with bunny ears correctly, you don't need to ask the question on how you do the thing. I don't know if that made any sense. It does. I actually like that you brought up in the Spider-Verse, because there's a great betrayal in that, and it goes back to my feelings about it hurting and about, about the betrayer being conflicted. I think a betrayer who just betrays to be, you know, an ass is super uninteresting and super low stakes. You know, there's, there's an NPC who we don't trust and who we have no connection with betrayed us. Whoop-dee-whoop-dee-doo. In, in the Spider-Verse, it was his own uncle. His own uncle, you know, figures out who he is and is the bad guy. And he has to make a decision. Now, let's say, in, in, if you've seen the movie, he doesn't. He doesn't end up uh, betraying his nephew, the the new Spider-Man. But he could have. And in that storyline, that would have been absolutely epic, either as a setup for that NPC's past or something that they could have done that the PCs could have found out about or even witnessed. Because this is a person who had great incentives to be the betrayer, and they would have felt terrible about it. But they had those incentives, and had they done it, I think it would have it would have been narratively interesting to be in that world. If you have if you have if you have players who are in that movie in that world, and they see that happen, and it, that that decision that he makes goes the other way, and he kills the nascent Spider-Man, that's powerful shit. It is emotionally laden. I think that's you know a thing a lot of people would like to explore in a in an RPG. So that's my two cents about that particular movie. See, I don't know if that's betrayal. Because in the situation, neither of them knew that either one was. Yeah. No, I'm saying if you know how he pulls the mask off, right. if he killed him, like in that, like if we if we rewrite it, that's a pretty big betrayal. To, I would say, like, go. oh, it's my nephew. Well, sorry, bro. <laughs> I don't right. want to get shot in the back but by Kingpin in five seconds. The uncle did not know that Spider-Man was his nephew, so like there was nothing there for him to betray, and he would not have known if Spider-Man did not take off his mask and reveal that he was. But wouldn't, wouldn't it be a betrayal if he I mean, didn't kill sure, him but that's with not his how mask off? Went. It's a, it's a great setup. I know. I'm, I'm, I was providing a hypothetical. If he, if he had done so, that was, that was the premise of my statement was if he had taken the mask off and was yeah. like, Oh my God, it's my nephew. But then I realized I'm going to die if I don't kill my nephew. And then he does it. Holy shit. That's, I think, powerful. If, if it didn't happen, but if it had happened, I think it would have been interesting. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> you know, when, when you're the main character of the movie, chances are you're not going to get God as a. But I'm <laughs> saying if if the PCs in our fictional RPG game were there mm-hmm. and they're the main characters and they see this guy who kills his own nephew and feels bad about it, like, I don't know. I, th- I think that there could be an interesting thing there. I, I guess I was just trying to give it a hypothetical of a betrayer oh, yeah. who we have some sympathy for. Or where the stakes are very high, you want it to hurt. That, that that's how I feel. I think it should be laden. I think that the person who does the betraying should feel terrible about it, should have a racked conscience, and you hate them and feel sorry for them. If if you if you make an NPC up as a GM, and you're going to have them betray the party, your party should feel should feel in their heart that betrayal, and they should also feel some sympathy for that person. And if, if and when they confront that person, if your party is split between, you know, they did the wrong thing, they got to go, and they were in an untenable position, let's have mercy on them, like, that's that's even better. But that's that's kind of where, in my head, the ideal betrayal is. Sorry to go back to that. Uh, but I think that's true, really, for PCPC. It, it, you know, I think it's the same it thing. It should hurt. To it be should hurt. hurt. It yes, it should hurt. It should absolutely wreck. The betrayer. The yes, betrayer. 
It should. The, betr- the it betrayer should be something should feel a PC wants to do. It's something they have to do. Yes, it should be the kind of thing where I don't want to do this, and I have no choice. I have mm-hmm. absolutely no option. If I do not do this, then the consequences are, you know, I, I have I have no options that are good, and this is terrible, and I'm going to make the decision, mm-hmm. and I have no option to not make a decision. I am trapped. I am utterly trapped and alone and hated, and I deserve it, and I had no option. That's that's the headspace I want that player to be in. Not I betrayed them for thirty biblical. pieces of silver. Ooh, biblical. What do you think about that? Yeah. <laughs> By and large, I agree. But you know, as as we're sitting here going through some of these examples, you know, I'm reminded of a couple of betrayals that I've experienced on on both sides of it. And there are several cases where for betrayals, yeah, you can it'll hurt, or you know, it's it's unexpected. It's it this this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you type of thing. Uh, and then there's some where the person who's going to do the betrayal is just so abused or marginalized, just outright ignored by the other people that it's more confusing if they don't betray the, the so-called protagonists by that point, or it's like, it's the, it's the battered henchman. You know, you've got the, you know, Ming the Merciless has been beating the crap out of this poor loyal henchman forever. And then finally it builds up to the point where this dude can't take it no more. He pulls out the ray gun and puts two in Ming's ass when he's yelling at Flash Gordon. You know, I've I've done that betrayal. And it's that's when the when the anger just bubbles to the surface and it's betrayal born. of It's it's catharsis. So they're they're. It, it's like Bam said. I mean, it's it's not a blanket thing that you can put on it, but there's there's definitely an outpouring of emotion, but it's not pain. It's it's relief. Um, let me let me delve into that. So you're saying as a as a player, if your PC is ignored, abused, marginalized, it's just going to eventually build up in you as the player to I'm just going to end up betraying you. Yeah, it's it's going to start building in the player's head, and it's built in mine. Mm-hmm. I'll, and yeah. that's going to move towards towards the player. And in in my case, when I did this, you know, I was talking with the GM privately, and I'm like, "Look, this game isn't fun. Here's everything that's going on. I'm going to dip out." And originally, I was just going to walk away from it. And you know, no no D and D is better than bad D and D. And the GM said, "Well." How about if you do this on your way out? And he 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 basically delivers me a thing like just give me your give me your character sheet. You're going to return as a big bad in my campaign since you're not going to be playing anymore. But as your last act, I want you to deliver one of one or both of these two characters here to the current big bad. And I looked at it and I rationalized it as as yeah, my character would absolutely do this. He's been trying to hold this party together, this team together, and he's been, when not outright ignored, he's been belittled by these these new hot people that just came in because the was game was like eight Unseelie people at this fucking point. Mm-hmm. Oh, no! This was not Unseelie Food Court. I did not get the chance to betray uh, the Unseelie Food Court, although I was I was making plans, but that's neither here nor there. No, this was the f- this was the only fourth edition Shattering game I ever played. And I was, this was one of the few times I was playing a mage character and the antics or outright incompetence of the team had actually killed him. 
there was there was a job that we did a big rescue for the Johnson. We brought him in, and we didn't think about this at all. We we missed all of the signs that this 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 Johnson was going to betray the party. And the reason he betrayed the party is because we damn near annihilated him during this one-off job that somebody else hired us for. We, he was he was a Manatech researcher, and the crew went in in order to steal some stuff because his estranged trust fund son was wanted to strike a blow against his dad's lab and our rigger lobbed a grenade into the storeroom that the guy was in and then shut the door and just like fucking obliterated him so we rescue him we don't know who it is or we don't care we we get do none of the legwork we get all the stuff back we take him to an abandoned hospital and he says okay give me about two hours to finish the surgeries so i can start walking around again and then i will reward you and we're like two hours that's a long time and eh, no big deal and then he busts out in an ed 209 combat suit and just starts fucking ventilating us because we were the ones who put him in that exoskeleton so everybody's piling into the vans to escape we've got two of them and i've already taken a serious wound at this point so i'm like i'm bleeding I'm in the back and somebody else gets into the front of my car and decides he's going to drive and immediately glitches his driving role, doesn't spend edge to reroll failures and just augers this, this uh, van into the wall kills me instantly. There is no way to save me. So we do the burn edge. Big bad brings me back and essentially goes through the whole list of things like you know i've been watching you for a while this is all the stuff that's that's happened to you why are you still with these people and my character's like i don't honestly know and so there's the small changes here like nobody nobody batted an eye when my character who is very clearly dead calls and says hey i need you to pick me up nobody asks the question they go right back to business as usual throughout all of that. And as it's getting close to the end, we bring more and more people on and there's less and less for me to do. And the stuff that I'm, I am doing, I'm getting belittled for. I, I say, all right, I'm going to go. The GM says, well, at this point, would you want to do this? And I said, well, yeah, I would. So acting completely out of character, my mage does all this like outright aggressive stuff. He was basically a pacifist, but he was just drawing down on people, electrocuting others, so on and so forth. He grabs two people who were knocked out, um, one of which was a target and one of which was just kind of a bonus target. And he just tells the others, like, I'm going to take them back to, I'm going to take them back to base because I need to set them up with, with sedatives because we have to figure out what's going on with them because there was um, psychotropic IC, some other bullshit going on. So as I'm driving, like one of the new people says, oh, I'll go back with you. And I say, no, it's really not necessary. But he, he, he knows that something's going on, even though I haven't really telegraphed it and he won't take no for an answer. So my guy diverts because it's like, it's just one guy we can handle him. And the second that I turn off the main road, this dude's like, you're betraying us, aren't you? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And this dude's going off out of character. I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. I'm done here. Sure, that's I'm totally betraying you. And then the dude just flips out because he's a ninja, knocks knocks me out, runs away. I still, I still win. I still betray the group. But the rest of the group doesn't realize it because I just vanished with uh, one of their members and they never hear from me again. But... 
it was cathartic, honestly, to grab people that had just been fucking ignoring me for, at that point, months. So things that happened in character affected you out of character, and then you took retribution action in character that just wasn't really in character for your pacifist mage. Yes, for my pacifist mage. He went out of character. And it felt cathartic because you finally, these people had done this stuff to you, and on an out-of-character level, you felt they're not listening to me, they're belittling me, they're not doing this, they're, they're toxic playing, it just doesn't feel right. And so you manifested, instead of leaving, the GM says, hey, how about you betray the team? Sounds bad. This sounds and like the, the moral go, of the story is don't yeah. fuck with Oz. <laughs> the moral of the story is like, watch how all... you play because it does affect people. These are people you're playing with. You you want to yeah. foreshadow it. Yeah. You want to make sure that you have some evidence of things. You want to make sure that it's a good. Also, don't are fuck you, with Oz personally. That, that's like the, <laughs> the asterisk on the list. <laughs> that's but but I you're don't let it's not. This isn't just an Oz story. There's probably a lot of people out there that this ends up happening to. I feel they like if, feel you, if like you're leaving not your party because it's not working with. out, mm-hmm. that's not the. I mean, your GM specifically asked you to do it. Having yeah. said that, if I was in a group and I've done this, where I was like, "Hey, I'm not having fun," in in so many words, <laughs> and I gotta go, I would probably not take that opportunity. To be like, well, since I'm already on the way out, let me give them the dick. You know, <laughs> like that. Sure, sure. I think and, it was wrong for the GM to say, "Hey." Yeah. You feel you're you're kind of you feel slighted. Let's just do this final fu to the team, and yeah, of course he's gonna go. Yeah, because it's gonna make me feel better. More importantly than that, if it's the GM's idea, it won't get retconned. It's real easy for you to go like, ah, fuck this, I'm out, and in the process of flipping the table, you know, fireballing the other players and stabbing them mm-hmm. in the sleep, and then everybody after you like finish your table flip tantrum and leaving him to just go. All right, so let's just pretend that didn't happen, and then they just roll the clock back, you know, a session. Whereas when it's the GM's idea, well, that's that's going to stick, because now it feeds into his greater plot. I think it was wrong for that GM to do that, though. And I think the bigger story is Oz, as a person, when he was playing this game, didn't feel like he was really involved to the level of everyone else. So much so that it started to just affect him on an out-of-character level to where he wanted to leave the game. And instead of that GM just letting him okay go, no, let's just do this. And then, uh, again, he says it felt cathartic. And I understand that, that whole, I'm going to get all of you because of what you did to me. Uh, You know, that's, that's, to me, just, that's a bad, that's a bad table. But I get it. So... It's that whole, like, you know, when you're in a game playing, if you start to feel that way, again, this is where you have to have that uncomfortable conversation with the GM. This is how we feel. And that GM should not go, all right, well, if you want to go here, but first, let's do this. It should go back to the rest of the group and say, hey, guys, what's going on here? Because I've been in a game where Oz, where he has felt that way again. And it was, let's talk to the table and see what's going on. And we fixed it, didn't we? We fixed it. Did. And I'm very happy that I spoke up. Like, is th- is this just an in-character thing, or is or should I not be here? Am I do- am I doing something wrong? Am I offending people? And it uh, it was nice because it ended up being kind of a, a wake-up call to the rest of the group 
because mo I think they're all part of their an, an inner gaming group for so long that the things that they do, they're all used to, but somebody looking in on the outside or somebody stepping in that's out of that clique has no idea what the context is. And so after bringing that up, no betrayal was needed. So now I wonder how many betrayals by players are just the big F you to the table due to other reasons. Shang comes to mind. Remember his story about. Oh Love my God, Shang. Oh, that was petty. That's just petty. That was, that was just, Shang. that was straight petty. Shang, I you, that was straight fucking petty. <laughs> should, I, should, I, should I ask her? So, so for the, for the uninitiated, so Shang was uh, Shang got onto Low Country Shadows, which is another Shadowrun podcast. I have not been able to listen to any of their stuff. I don't know if they're still producing, but I do remember that they have a lot of issues with turnover. And given that it's Shadowrun and Shadowrun players are a special breed, I'm not too surprised. But Shang has a very particular idea of how Shadowrun should be played, which I respect. I, I well remember my runner hub days, but he was brought on and he met the rest of the team and he felt that their version of shadow running and his would not mesh in, in any, any capacity. And he was so infuriated by it that he went to the, he I don't think he even went to the, the person running the game. He just straight up said, this is what I am doing because these people are so unprofessional and I have made all these preparations. I think he was in like three or four sessions and then he'd had it set up to where he could capture and sell off the entire team to the, the corporation they were running against, wrap it in a big bow, take a payday and left. He basically nuked the table and walked out both fingers, both middle fingers up. And that was that. That's his story. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't do that, kids. Don't. Uh... Well, and and that's the thing. Like you know, you the table isn't doing what I want them to do. Don't be that guy. So instead of leaving the game or having a conversation, I'm gonna act out. Yeah, don't don't piss people off from. And I have I have a story. Since we're doing they're doing war stories, this is for my first war ever stories. Shadow, <laughs> my first ever shadow runs. I don't know if Oz was on this run. I cannot remember. But it was one of, it was one of my first ever runs. I think you were Oz. It was Impulse was on it, if you're if we know him from the old hub there, the old hub days, and it was the he was playing a ghoul. So one of our characters, I think it was Cat. Cat was playing a ghoul, and what had happened was this new player, who was not me, I am a new player. So we have new player Cotton, and new player someone else, and then person playing ghoul, and person uh, and then Impulse was something else. So some badass mystic adapt as you do. Anyway, this new player hated ghouls. Okay, fair enough. Your player, your character hates ghouls. They got a they got a bone to pick with them, as it were. Fine. So he tries to blow up this PC. Why is this a dick move? Because we're all here to play Shadowrun today. We were all here. This is a bunch of strangers on a subreddit. Where we all randomly, not randomly, we're, we're all selected. None of this was a pre-made game, okay? Just to people who aren't familiar with the Runner Hub on Reddit. It is, there's a GM, you put out like an ad, and people show up. Without any session zero, it's a one-shot, basically, although there is a living community. And this person comes out the gate with, I'm going to kill someone's character. That they spent time and energy on. Okay? The end result of that was, and I, I was so pissed, because I thought this was a dick move. 
And so I'm like messaging Cat like this is this is bullshit. Uh, this is <laughs> Trace uncool. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I don't think you were there, Oz, because it was four of us. I was running the game. You were in the game. Oh shit! You were there. And and uh, and we and we and I, I want to tell everybody a very important lesson, and that is don't fuck with a truck when you're in Jeep. So <laughs> don't don't fuck with Oz. First of all, if we've learned anything today, that's the name of the podcast. Don't don't fuck with Oz. Don't fuck with uh, don't uh, put it this way. Learn the lay of the land because as it turns out, Oz is friends with Cat, and Cat is friends with Impulse, and Impulse is friends with Oz, and that left me and another asshat. And unlike other asshat, I didn't piss everybody off that day. Unlike somebody else, my character didn't get perma-killed <laughs> like that person's character did. So, uh, that person acted like an asshole. Maybe it was in character, maybe not. Don't kill off someone else's PC unless it's very, very cool, and they would shake your hands afterwards, even if it were to somehow be in character. Because you're going to lose. You're going to piss people off. And they're going to fuck you over in game. And you can say that's not fair all you want. And it won't matter. So I, I guess what, where my rambling rant's trying to go, read the room. Take an emotional stock of your fellow players and GMs. Don't do it just to do it. Don't do it to be cute. Do it for a narrative structure or a narrative um, experience that they will also talk about. You want the situation to end. With the person who was betrayed saying, back in the day, I played this PC, and they were betrayed. Holy shit, it was awesome as hell. And it was such a – it made total sense, and we all loved it, and we, we will tell this story you know, to our children's children. <laughs> and some, you know, we'll pass it down to the generations. It's, it's good old-fashioned D-bad. I wish I had a better – again, I think we've been trying to, like, you know, try to, trying to find hard and fast rules beyond don't fuck with Oz. But don't be a dick. You know, have some sense. Read the room. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you will pay a cost. You, you know, maybe you even get away with it in game, but you don't have friends anymore because you were a dick. Don't let that freedom go to the head. So you do. Uh, you should not do a betrayal just for the lols. Or if I'm a rogue, well, it's just what I would do. I'm going to steal from. No, you wouldn't be in a group if you all you did was steal from everyone. Can't just do it for the 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 fun of it. It's got to make sense. Use it sparingly. And yeah, it should be something you talk about. Like. How two years later, we're still talking about RC shooting Mary Sue. I love it. I'm a huge fan. Love it. Um, I just, it's it's okay with me. But I, I, I just, it shouldn't be a story. I don't think everybody should have like 10 stories of betrayal to tell in game. Like, it should be used sparingly. It shouldn't be your go-to move. It just shouldn't be. And it definitely shouldn't be a final FU to the table. That you want to leave it, it that's not right either. Just leave. And I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm sore at that GM, Oz. I'm just sore at that GM for, for looping you into that. <laughs> it feels like just a table to leave. It's like my yeah. GM was incompetent. What evidence do you have? Well, when I told him he sucked and I'm leaving, he told me to betray the entire party and permit kill him. <laughs> well, shit, that just sort of put a big old shit bow on top, didn't yeah. it? Mm -hmm. So. But here's the important question. Did you give that GM feedback? Do you do, did you do your duty in no. telling them how you felt in order to help? Are the you hobby? mocking me? No. It's uh, I am what? on your side, Jupiter. No. I'm hugging you close. We are. Uh -huh. <laughs> Honestly, I think if he told – did you tell the GM that you, how you felt when you were ready to leave the game? And he, what was his response besides, hey, let's just do this final betrayal? Yeah, I did. 
yeah, it's it it's up to you if you want to leave. Basically, it it wasn't really a hey, I can talk to them. Hey, I can do this. We can we can work on this. It That's was a, a kind of a shrug and a meh. That's a bad GM. He didn't care. His player told him this is how I feel, and the GM didn't care. Didn't do anything to fix the problem. That's a bad GM. Yeah, it's I I took several lessons from it. Um, many of them were what not to do. So. That's a bonus. Bamps, what do you think? Oh, that nothing we say will make a big <laughs> You shouldn't listen to the podcast. Wow. Nothing we say matters. <laughs> Nihilism holds oh, play. Nice to the heart. That it should be something that is handled on the table in personal I will basis. have you know that our podcast has helped at least one person. Call posted he had to remove a toxic player. And thanks to this show and our episode on that, he had a, a good conversation and they removed the player. And the table is better for it. That's right. You're welcome, world. We did it. We have Mission changed one table. Get the banner out. Where's my I'll flight take suit? It. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it, it's one of those things. It's like people are, people will listen, right? And they'll be like, listen, and they'll hear all of our advice. But it's one of those things to hear it and another to implement it. And people will continue to do poorly executed and planned and every other aspect of betrayals after this, right? And then they'll be like, ah, shit. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Or that didn't land how I thought it was gonna. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think if you're going to do a betrayal as a player, if you want to do a betrayal against the other players, it's definitely a conversation with the GM to get him on board, him or her on board. If the GM's on board with it, then fine, but it still has to be something the other players can pick up on and do something, hopefully, to mitigate the outcome. It can't just be a railroaded, you've got no agency, it's just going to happen to you. We've been talking around this a little bit. I have a question as, as mm-hmm. a, my fellow GMs. What about coming up with specific ways to tempt a player? So the, it's, not just the, it's not just up to the player. And a player who just invents their own reason to be a betrayer, that probably is garbage. Not I'm sure you find an exception, but probably. But as a GM, do you aim for those differences in goals? So if you have a uh, like, I have a player in my party in in the, in the game that I run, and their sort of motivation beyond basic adventuring is to go obtain uh, manuscripts or documents for their their um, well their monk. What is it? Their monastery. Okay. Well, that's not necessarily in line with the party and i want to exploit that so i'm going to put temptation there that's it it's temptation i'm not making anyone do anything i'm not i'm not even threatening like the poor character's family i'm just putting out i'm putting a wedge and i think that's what how do you feel about that i think it's good i want to do it i want to explore it i want to put a wedge between the characters it makes sense but it could lead to some nasty shit mhm i have in the 10 episodes of Vampire that have been released with at least two of them being <laughs> mortal, light, fluffy episodes. Done it twice. So, you, so you're on Team Temptation? Yeah. I don't make you do anything, right? <laughs> yeah. So you should listen to Vampire. Vampire right. is fun. I love it. The first, the first thing we did, because we were all learning the system, is like, all right, let me... I have this idea. And it was basically a shadow run. They had to break into a storage facility, and steal a painting. Well, I had three Shadowrunner players. Like, that was going to be easy-peasy, but let's just kick the tires a little bit on the system. However, 
the devil is in the details as always. The person who hired them for this job was the vampire mommy of one of the players that is mystically enforced to be in love with her because he is bloodbound to her. So, oh, do this favor for me. Sure, no problem, babe. I got you because, you know, he loves her rather than if she went to anybody else, she would have to pay them in some fashion because that's how favors work. They go there, they go to steal the painting. In the process of stealing the painting, Chuck pulls out a switchblade and cuts the painting out of the frame because that's apparently how you steal paintings. I didn't realize this. Behind the painting in the frame is a small journal, which is actually what the Johnson wanted, the sire wanted. And then it became, well, what's in the book? And what's in the book is a weapon of social mass destruction, as I've been calling it, which ended up in Oz's hands, who is a information-grubbing Nosferatu. <laughs> so you have this, this book of secrets in the hands of somebody who loves secrets, and the other player needs to give that book to their vampire mommy. And now there's one little wedge just kind of like dropped in there and just pushed down a little bit. Okay, cool. Let's see what they're going to do with this. The second time on Vampire Mommy's club, there was another vampire that killed the ghoul of a third vampire. And it's like, okay, they're not supposed to do that. They're especially not supposed to do it in a public situation where the act is going to be clearly supernatural in origin. Criminal vampire runs away. Now it's like, okay, who do we give this this person that we're going to go and try and bring to air quotes justice? Do we give it to Vampire Mommy that the the criminal act happened on her turf? Do we take him to his vampire daddy, who is still technically responsible for the actions that he performs? Do we take him over here to the sheriff? What are they going to do with them? And two out of those three options drive wedges into the party, which leads all kinds of wonderful situations for me. And they've been steadily building. And I think it's funny because in both of those situations, it was the same two characters who had to make that decision. And both times, it fell to me. So, so to be clear, both parts. So when the painting was Maybe stolen, not the, best. the painting is returned. And then Vampire Mommy was like, no, you idiot. I didn't want the actual painting. I wanted the freaking book. And at that point, I was like, rut row. I'm supposed to go get the book. And then, and then, and that, and then, you know, hilarity ensued. No, no. So what happens? This is the best part. Is our boy goes to Vampire Mommy and says, "Hey, I got that painting for you, babe. I also found this book behind it, which I figure you were actually after, so I can drop that off too." And so now Vampire Mommy knows that her 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 vampire boys may be slightly smarter than he lets on. But then she tells him that, "Okay, well, we'll we'll set a time up." to to go get the book and then he says oh yeah i gave it to the nosferatu <laughs> now it's like well shit now now the the information broker's got the the weapon of so societal why the mass destruction the nosferatu have it if he knew that it was the real mcguffin because he's a dumbass i don't know oh okay okay that was <laughs> because he's a dumbass oh that explains a lot <laughs> part of it is he didn't know what was in uh, the book see. at the time and i believe he had a car to drive and they were also looting the storage unit including Taking a stick. It was a stressful situation. Decisions were made, and <laughs> that's how that particular incident ended. <laughs> so. Then Oz's character took this book to other powerful, secret hungry Nosferatu in the city and did Nosferatu things with it, including making copies and alterations. Messy. 
<laughs> Isn't it great? Oh yeah, it's fantastic. We'll we'll just call the uh, we'll, we'll we'll call our our uh, Torador who gave <laughs> gave my character the book. We'll call him Doc Brown. We'll call the book the uh, Plutonium, and we'll call the Nosferatu the Libyans. It is a wonderful situation that I didn't have to do anything about. Just kind of let them. Do you feel it's going to lead to betrayals, player against player? 100%. I mean, we've recorded almost a year past oh, no, then, so me. you tell I'm, me. I'm ready to kill one of the others right now. <laughs> <laughs> I like how I'm like, 100%. Like, <laughs> the chance of betrayal, 100%. I guarantee it. <laughs> Snidely whiplash. Oh, there's already been conversations that we obviously can't talk about at the moment of uh, things that are happening and things that are going to happen as in like character goals and where that might take certain things. So let's just say that not everybody is on the same parallels. That's one of those systems that does kind of encourage betrayal. Not every system does. It's to a point when Call of Cthulhu was mentioned earlier, there are mechanics. Like you could have a mechanic in Call of Cthulhu that causes you to have a sanity loss, and then you have a bout of madness, and that never ends well. In Vampire, you could lose control of your character in some way to a frenzy, where, you know, uh, in one of the shows I was listening to, a a bruja, who are people who have who are vampires who have legendary anger management issues, is in a stressful situation, and they finally get out of the the stressful situation, and they're driving away. And one of the other players makes just like a one of those pippy quips at the Bruja's expense. And the GM's like, I need you to roll a frenzy check. Because he just throw on that hair trigger and all of a sudden, you know, boom, it happens. It's Path of Night is that podcast and it is, it is very good. I enjoy it a lot. <laughs> it's V twenty though. So I, I don't know. I think I think we've we've discussed betrayals. I'm for them. I just think they have to be done well. Bamps, are you for or against? As long as everybody is involved and on board and in page, then yeah, it'll make for an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Oz? Absolutely. You're for it. Absolutely for it. Okay. Cotton? 100, yeah, 100%. I think, if it's, uh, I think you said it correctly when you said it should be like a, you know, like Saffron. But, you know, be easy with it, but yeah, it can definitely do some great stories. That's kind of like what we're here about, right? So. Well, I hope to hear everybody else's uh, thoughts on betrayals when this uh, airs on Friday. See if uh, they can tell us their best betrayal stories or their worst betrayal stories, as the case may be. But uh, thank you, Oz and Bamps, for joining us tonight. It was uh, lovely. We haven't had you guys both on the out-of-character episode for a while. Indeed, indeed. Thanks for, thanks for coming by. It was, a, it was a good conversation. I'm glad some of us realized I didn't actually betray, or RC did not actually betray. Mary Sue, it was a, it was it was just what had to happen. <laughs> this grenade, <laughs> things happened. happened. People got shot. You just didn't betray her at the time. That is that t- most people think I'll take it. <laughs> You'll take it. You betrayed her. It was just at that point. In time. It was it okay. was a quasi. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye. Bye.